Welcome, Disciple Makers, and thank you for joining us. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board Discipleship Team, led by Scott Sullivan, exists to help churches take the next step toward becoming a healthy, disciple-making church. We've developed tools to help you, like the Watershed Principle, which identifies six main ministries needed to be a healthy church. The Spark Conference, a total church-strengthening event that allows you to access keynotes and breakouts all year long for ongoing training in your ministry area. This year's conference features keynote speakers Fred Luter, Michael Catt, Todd Bolsinger, and Robbie Gallaty, as well as online and in-person regional events. Learn more at www.thesparkconference.com. We also have learning communities across Georgia to sharpen, encourage, and resource leaders personally and professionally. Find a community near you at gabaptist.org discipleship. Don't forget you can find our previous episodes on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and your favorite podcast platform. Now let's join today's broadcast or podcast. Hey, Disciple Makers, welcome to our broadcast today. This one is different than anything we've done so far, and I'm excited to tell you about our uh, team of panelists that we have. This is one of our largest panelists that we've had, but we have a big topic. We want to talk about uh, virtual reality. We're going to refer to it as VR. Um, discipleship. You know, how do we make disciples who make disciples using that platform? And to do that, uh, we have an all-star lineup that is here. So uh, let me introduce Carl first. Carl is our West Central Discipleship Consultant, um, and he is the discipleship pastor and all-around awesome guy at Peace Baptist Church. Carl, welcome to the podcast. Okay, he's just going to wait. Thank you. There we go. There we go. All right. And uh, then um, uh, Mike Wynn. Uh, Mike is uh, at North Star Church in Kennesaw. He's the adults pastor, and he started the virtual reality um, outreach over two years ago, I think just before the pandemic. Is that right, Mike? Uh, uh, during the pandemic, right at the pan beginning of the pandemic. When we were discovering that we could do all kinds of things online, right. uh, Mike's like, what if we take it one step further? And so um, we're excited to have you. Um, and uh, also from North Star uh, Church in Kennesaw, we have the Reach Pastor with us. And uh, Cole uh, is really taking lead on the VR outreach and discipleship there. Cole, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Man, thanks for taking the time to join us. And um, also, we're going to have two guys from another church. Crosswaves Church um, is a home church model and soon to be Dr. Tim Steele uh, is over there and has founded that church um, and figuring out what the VR Explorer looks like. Tim, welcome to the broadcast. Good to be here. Uh, Tim and I have been meeting. Uh, we encourage our guys to be in learning communities and get to know people and challenge ourselves. And so Tim and I started meeting um, almost two years ago, it feels like about now. And all we do is just meet once a month to challenge each other and whatever God's doing in our lives. And what are we seeing in the local church? So if you don't have a, a, that person in your life, you need to. That's why we have learning communities. And part of that conversation is why we're doing this today. Um, because Tim said, hey, we're going to a uh, this thing, and we're going to learn about VR. And I'm like, I'm a nerd. Sign me up. Let's talk about this. Um, and with him, he has uh, Justin uh, Nava. And Justin does a couple of things, but he is the Crosswaves uh, Church Community, I'm sorry, Communications Director. Um, and he's helping navigate those VR relationships. Justin, welcome to the broadcast, my friend. Hey, BJ. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, let's let's kick this off. And Justin and I are, are going to uh, kick off the first part of this. Um, and what we want to talk about is the metaverse. All right, let's get out one of those big VR words early in this conversation. Um, you may be watching this and think that's just what Facebook wants to call themselves nowadays. Uh, but really, it's our new Corinth. And so, Justin, I want you to talk to us a little bit as we start about how we will use this new platform to advance the gospel. Sure. Well, uh, first of all, you know, if you ever want to prove how little you know, make predictions. So I'm not here to make predictions. I'm only here to talk about what possibilities exist based on what's happening now. So if anyone has any question, what is the metaverse? What is this thing? Think of it as VR internet. Okay. We used to say go online and people would look around and say, what's the line? Where do I find the line? What line do I need to get on? Now we understand online is the internet. The metaverse is basically the internet 
that's being taken in in a VR space. And it, you, there are some exceptions, but most of the time it's gonna be VR. So in the same way that we would go to a website, uh, not to go all lawnmower man on us, but in the same way that you would go to a website, you go to a VR platform and you interact with the organization, the platform and the people through that digital space or that VR space. So that's what we're talking about, the metaverse. And already there are hundreds of thousands, millions of people that are experiencing the metaverse. The US is actually not at the very front of this curve. There are lots of people that spend their days working in the metaverse. Uh, just like we would say, what are you talking about? You work from home. That used to be such a foreign concept. Now we've got people working in the metaverse, which again is VR, internet, uh, and then also gaming. And gaming can uh, can be one of the ways that we iterate new technologies for communications. That's how we have things like Slack and Discord and voice chat. All that started back with TeamSpeak with online gaming. And so we have lots of gaming and VR, but now we're having businesses take in here, training platforms. I met a uh, a sports physical therapist, I believe it was, that was doing actual physical therapy and mental therapy through VR interactions, helping players visualize themselves on this field without having to spend millions of dollars to actually go out on Tropicana Field and, and, and get over their yips. So uh, very exciting possibilities here. And so already there are millions, go back to your question, there are millions of people that are already on this platform and just projecting growth and projecting how much money the Zuck is throwing into this and how much money other organizations, other investment firms are throwing into this saying, if this is the new internet, let's be the next Google, let's be the next Facebook, or in this case, let's keep being Facebook. Right. And so the possibility that exists is just simply growing and scaling what's already there, bringing more people in, in the same way you had to figure out how to do passwords and emails and VPNs and server logins. We're going to learn that all over again with VR metaverse technology. Everyone's going to get a headset, just like everyone got a laptop. And again, not everyone's going to do this, but most of the people, if we continue to grow and scale, this is what the metaverse is going to become, which means in the same way that we wake up without even thinking about it, we're online on our phones. We're going to, we're going to wake up and we're just going to go to work, put on a VR headset and just go on or AR goggles, whatever it's going to be. And so it's not so much about what's going to be, what's going to come. It's how much and how fast this is going to scale. Yeah. And that's really what we're looking at and trying to figure out here as this learning community and as churches is how do we keep up the pace? Because again, if you're watching this or listening to this, you're here because you don't want to fall behind. You don't want to be singing Hillsong just now. You don't want to just be getting your Facebook profiles right now. You want to stay at least caught up with the curve. And so that's what it is. It's recognizing we are here now. And now where can we grow with this? Yeah. And Justin, you bring up a lot of good points on how to see this because it does seem unattainable. You know, when I was telling my wife about this broadcast, she was just like, I, I can't see it. Like, I don't know what you're talking about right now. I would never do that. And, yep. and we all said we would never. And in the last two years, our churches have gone online. They start streaming. They have Facebook groups. I was at a a church up in Rayburn Gap, Georgia, all right? Doesn't even have a cell phone signal. I'm in between two hollers is what we used to call it. I have family from West Virginia. And, and we're up there and they're saying, now how can we use Facebook to reach our community? And we'd have never thought a church there would ask that question, but those people in that congregation, they get it. They get that that is a communications platform. And that really is what we're talking about. So so what's the, what 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 is the, like dive into the Corinth part. Like why yeah. is this our new Corinth? So uh, that's actually a phrase that I got. I believe it was from Pastor Jason Pauling of uh, Cornerstone Church. They are running a great VR church program uh, in the metaverse. And he mentioned at, a, at another learning community that me and Pastor Tim were at, is that VR metaverse is the modern day Corinth. It is what we might call in America, the wild, wild west. There are very few rules. There's some safety protocols in place, so you don't have to worry too much depending on where you go. Uh, but there is so many people that are in the metaverse, in VR, because current life is not doing it for them. They are lonely. They have been left behind. They are not considered. And so they go to where they feel most comfortable, which is putting on a mask, putting on a digital avatar, and going where they can be whoever they want. And so it's almost a little bit more accessible, I think, to say it's like the wild, wild west. It's people that have migrated from another country to come here to try to seek new opportunities, to make a new name for themselves, to leave and abandon what they've had before to go chase something new. And as VR grows and continues to scale, 
hey, I don't like who I am. I don't feel comfortable in my body. I don't, nobody likes me. I don't have friends. Let me go into this VR place where I can be whatever I want, can portray whoever I want. And they actually can go out and, and in some ways be more of who they feel they are. And so uh, it, there are people walking around that don't have a sense of purpose. They are purposeless. They are hopeless. They are wandering as they wander. And they, they are just looking for answers. And, and granted, they're looking for what they think are answers, PJ. They're looking at, you know, well, let me find some entertainment. Let me find some games. Let me find some community here with these people. However, we know that there will still be more hopelessness and purposelessness as they try to fit that square shape into a circle hole or whatever the phrase is. And so these people are wandering around and it is a fantastic opportunity for us to go, right? And so this is yet another place that we can go. Uh, in the same way we used you know, 100 years ago, we would say there is an unreached people group in South America and I wanna go and, and, and share the good news of Jesus for them and, and put a name to the God they innately wanna worship. We can go into the metaverse almost as a new mission field, almost as like 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 we used to do in Corinth, and start church, not just start churches there, but evangelize there, grow communities there with these people to show that there is more to life than VR than to their current loneliness and happy stance. This is a place where we can go. Yeah, yeah. and 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 really, thirty years ago, we just asked what your AOL handle was. So um, that yeah. might be fun. That might be a fun thing to ask everybody on the. Mine was NASCAR Junior. I'm proudly and awkwardly uh, saying that because I've hidden that and never used it since. But uh, that was <laughs> yeah. that was the new platform, and they're like, people will never chat, you know. And now look at it. Like we live on chat platforms, yep. when, and that's how we do ministry. You know, I was I was in a church um, just yesterday um, here in Southwest Atlanta, and they were telling me how the first thing they do is text everybody. And we wouldn't have said that eight years ago, nine years ago, because texting would have cost me a quarter and they'd be mad at the church. And so it's just you have to keep up with the uh, the way that things change because it's not going to stay where it's at. Isn't that right, Carl? Yeah. Yeah. So, PJ, you know, well, a lot of our churches, uh, just streaming was a huge paradigm shift. And so, when you talk about this new nuance of VR, you know, I know you've got, you've been hearing a lot of pushback. So what are some of the most common ones that you're hearing that pastors just cannot get past? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's just, um, it's such a paradigm shift. Um, you know, there's different ways that we've described that already, but some of the biggest pushbacks are, how do you really know people? Like how, when they're an avatar, are they a real person? And so Manti Teo uh, is one of those documentaries that has recently been released that is really the person who created the term catfish. Like people didn't know what it was before then. And then it happened on a national scale. And it's like, what do you mean that person wasn't who they said they were? People lie. And it's like, well, yeah, in the Old Testament, they would just give you their ring and then say, hey, don't tell anybody I did this. And then that ring shows back up. All right. So people have always struggled with telling their true identity with people and hiding it and expecting not to get caught. Um, but I think that's some pushback, Carl, like they, they don't want to, they don't know if they're really talking to a real person. Um, but culture has to drive acceptance. So the pushback that you may be receiving means it's not the culture of your church. When you mention this idea and people are like, I just can't do that. You don't have to do it. Right. We're just we're just giving you one more stream that you can engage people with around the world and in your neighborhoods. This this is not just something when I was online at uh, North Star, um, man, there was a guy that lives just a couple like minutes from me and he was on there and we were talking back and forth. I mean, these aren't just people around the world, although there are a lot of those. But if your culture doesn't have that acceptance, then don't make it your strategy. Don't make VR and online engagement something that mm -hmm. you're not. But if it is, then it works. And then I think the other pushback, Carl, is just the social norms are challenged. So, yeah. so like social norms are when I shop for food, I go it, I touch it, I feel it. You can't pick out my apple. You can't pick out my banana. I, I have to be there to do that. And, and over the pandemic, we started ordering online because it was in a lot of ways safer than what we going and shopping in the store. And so people started to have that social norm of going to the store two, three times a week changed and challenged. And now we get groceries delivered. And we thought we'd never do that. That's just lazy, right? Well, actually it makes <laughs> us more efficient. So when your social norms get challenged in VR, that's the kind of stuff you're going to see. You know, we're hopping on Zoom to do this recording. 
but you know, one day that may just be a, a VR headset and we're all sitting in a, in a space and talking and nobody watching that recording is going to think anything twice about it. They're just going to be like, oh, that's, you know, you just accept it as a social norm rather than it's scary because the unknown is scary uh, to a lot of people. So um, let's, uh, let, let's, I want to go to Mike and uh, Cole over at North Star and really lean in with y'all's team right now and, and help give um, just an overall view, you know, maybe talk about where this started, why it started, uh, but what's the main focus for your interest in, in VR? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, but love love to jump in here. And by the way, again, thank you for taking on this topic because this is something new. And you're right, people can get uncomfortable with what's new. But um, so thank thank you for being bold to take this on. We love it and love being part of this panel. Uh, for North Star, um, Mike Lynch is our senior pastor, and he encouraged us to move forward with this. But real quick. 100% evangelistic. That's mm -hmm. what our online strategy is. 100% evangelistic, 100% Acts 1-8. I know we talked about Corinth. Justin did a great job talking about that, but we look at it to the ends of the earth. And guys, this is the ends of the earth right here, the metaverse. And it's an exciting... Guys, there has never been a better time to be in the ministry than today. And there's so many ways we can creatively capture people um, and engage with them. And you talked about being catfish, PJ. I get it. I hear it. I mean, I understand why people might think that. But the great thing about the church is we are relational people. And you have to develop the relationships you get in the church are the same relationships you have to build online. And it takes one thing, time. And you need time to be in there and work with it. And, and uh, necessity, necessity is the mother of invention, they say. And the pandemic hit us. And we're like, Hey, what do we do that's not two-dimensional length time to, times width what we're looking at right now? And we saw this thing uh, called virtual reality, um, VR, and we got into it, and it was tough. We had to figure things out. We were um, clumsy, maybe awkward, uh, but we immediately found that you can connect with people differently. Relation Actually, it's... We, we're not going to get into future technology like tactile type things, but where you can feel the touch of something. But you can actually feel like you are there with some connecting with them three dimensionally. You can see length, width, depth, and it's a beautiful thing. And there's, there's different platforms we tried, we experimented with, we launched, um, got onto one of them. I'm going to have Cole, to, Cole, you can chat a little bit about that one that we launched on, but it's an exciting time. Again, never been a better time to be in the ministry mm -hmm. than right now. Absolutely. And, I, and just to, to echo Mike there, definitely this evangelism focus and kind of the idea being that um, we are not changing our mission, um, but we are just providing a different method and a different strategy to like for us to complete our mission as a church, which is to help people find their way home through a relationship with Jesus. And so in the same way, like that the world changed in the 15th century with the creation of the printing press. Mm. And it was like at this time and, and the very first best-selling author was Martin Luther and the 95 theses. And that was, he was the first one that spread out. And that, that was the thing that spread throughout the world was his 95 theses. And so in the same way that the printing press was this pivot in a technological advancement, we also are seeing this digital age, which we are currently living in, but this is just a future iteration of that. Of we're just trying to say, hey, how can we leverage a technology that's been placed in front of us in our cultural moment to ensure that the great commission is fulfilled? Um, and that we are not trying to replace the local church, heavens no, but we are simply trying to provide a resource to complement what we're doing and leverage the technologies to see Jesus's name known here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, so tell me about on those platforms, what do gatherings look like, right? Because most of our audience um, is still like blown away. Like they're not entirely sure what we're still talking about. And it's like witchcraft. So it's not witchcraft, but what does it look like <laughs> to have uh, growing discipleship in those prayer gatherings and those kind of things? Sure, sure. So we are currently on a platform known as Alt Space VR. Um, and so you are able to click on a North Star event and walk into a room um, that we have built. And so it basically looks like a theater um, venue and you are able to walk inside of it and move around and then we actually stream our Sunday morning services at 11 a.m. 
Eastern Standard Time. And so people are able to watch those services. But um, probably the best part of those gatherings is not necessarily even just watching the services, but we have prayer time afterwards for them to come and have conversations uh, with with two pastors and a volunteer that we have. And and I know Mike has shared this, but our, you know, almost every time that we're on there, we get the opportunity to share the gospel with someone who would and this is the important part, would never step foot in our church yeah, or step foot in any of our churches or would even give Christianity like a second glance. And all of a sudden I'm getting to have a 10 minute conversation with them about the grace of God. Um, that that's, I think that's, that's the beauty of it. And actually next week we're trying our first ever prayer service. Cause we've never, I've never met a, an unbeliever who will say no to prayer. So we're like, well, let's yeah. try a prayer service. Um, so yeah. we, we do not pretend to have it figured out, but simply Let's try to use whatever's in our moment to, to reach people with the gospel. Yeah. And I, so the prayer is, is interesting because we would say like, okay, yeah, I get that. We can join together and pray, right? We do that on a Zoom call and we're just doing this like Mike, you just talked about in that third dimension. We're just adding a little bit more to it. I, I want to meet a couple of guys every week and do discipleship. The same thing happens online. It's just a different way of viewing it. It's engaging your brain differently. And what we don't talk about on Zoom anymore is Zoom fatigue. And one of the reasons that Zoom fatigue is real and VR fatigue is not as bad is that your brain is constantly um, uh, trying to understand your space on Zoom. And it's exhausting to understand this flat thing with depth and, and you get off a Zoom call and you're exhausted. Well, with VR, you're immersing yourself into it and your brain can actually engage differently because you've, yeah. you've, 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 you've taken your eyes, right? And you focused it just like we close our eyes to pray. You, you really focus and then you're able to do that. So I love the gatherings part of it. I mean, tell me that there aren't senior adults. And I think that's, it's always funny, but <laughs> senior adults are a big reason. They can't get out for prayer gatherings Sunday nights, right? Eight o'clock, not happening. The sun's down. And so when we want them to be involved in things like prayer gatherings, not just come and see the show, so to speak, but we really want them to be a I mean, they would benefit greatly from this and, and doing that. So Mike, tell us about, you know, uh, other ways that y'all are using VR to train. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, and I love what you said in terms of our, our length and width here as we, we look at uh, Zoom. When you're in virtual reality, it's, I'm going to bring up hockey. You don't understand hockey until you actually go to a game and you can't understand VR until you go to it. And it takes the focus off you and it took it takes the focus on you looking at others and trying to be relational with others. And, and I remember uh, we do believe it's a place to train people for the gospel. Our first our first meeting, our first VR, uh, our inaugural launch, uh, someone comes up to me. And remember, I, I'm probably the oldest guy on this uh, Zoom chat right now. But I, I remember putting the goggles on and they come right up to me. You see them walking right towards you. And they said, so who are you? And I went, hey, I'm Mike, one of the pastors here. And she said, I don't like religion. And, and of course I did the thing. Yeah, guys, I, I, I totally get it. I don't like religion either. It's about a relationship. And then we walked down the Romans, basically the Romans road, the, the, the salvation the little track there. We just talked about it. But I got to share our first conversation was sharing the gospel and a light bulb went off. And that's how we said, we have to always make this about evangelism. And it's a way... I tell you, if, if, if you practice it out in the real world and come to the metaverse, I, it's the same there. There's times that you feel awkward, times that you feel like you're not connecting, uh, but you are in a big way. And people need to hear this. And, and PJ, if I can just throw one thing out there, some people, and Justin, you mentioned this earlier, which I thought was so insightful. A lot of people just think this is the gaming world. Um, and I go to them, yeah. So gaming people need Jesus too. But this eventually will reach parity where everybody will have some type of virtual reality set. We're on the cutting edge, the early adopter side of it, but it's coming. And if we can train people now through this environment on how to work with it and then take what they know about the gospel and put it in this new venue, it's, it's going to be an incredible explosion. We, 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 yeah. When we talk about the next revival, we don't think about VR having anything to do with it. But guys, I think it can have a big thing, a big impact in terms of the ministry. Yeah. And so um, and you go ahead, Cole. Yeah, one thing I just want to toss in as well, and I think maybe for, for those listening right now, this may be something that you may find compelling, um, is this is also an opportunity for you to train your people in evangelism. And so what I mean by that is that they can put on, put on a headset and have a, like, a real and genuine conversation with a non-believer and practice 
sharing the gospel when it's actually not practiced because they're literally sharing the gospel yeah. with someone who's not a not a believer. Um, but you, but there's it's it's a, in a way a safer way to do it because if you get really uncomfortable and want to stop, you can take your headset off. But it's an it is a it is a you could you could if you want to consider it as a training ground for your people to interact and have conversations with people yeah. um, in a safer environment in which getting getting away or walking away is as easy as taking off your headset. And I love that example because you're, you're giving a couple of examples here that we have, um, we have a program for, we have a mindset for. So we're going to go over to Africa and share the gospel. And part of what we tell people when they're in Africa is, hey, you're probably never going to see him again. So like, just go for it. Like, just start sharing the gospel, you know, like, don't worry about it. You're not going to see him again. And so now we could actually have a share the gospel gathering on a VR headset and train people to to do EE and do those different programs and do it from the comfort of their own home. But with the, like you're saying, that little safety net of, I can't look at my coworker the same way if I screw that up today because I have to live with them. And so there's, there's awkwardness of why we don't share the gospel and this gives us a way to do it. So it's a training tool and it's a gathering tool is two big things that I, that, that North Star is doing. Now let's talk to uh, Tim and, and Justin um, and Tim, I'll let you go first. Like, you know, why, why is, tell us a little bit more about Crosswaves because it's a little bit of a different paradigm, but also what's your focus and interest in the VR space? Well, we, Crosswaves is a house church network. And so um, we already for the last 10 years have been doing our messages on video. And then we have people watching these messages and houses across the country. And then there's discussion questions and then they can interact with, uh, you know, what they heard in the message and talk amongst themselves. And so we've already tried to do things differently, trying to use technology. And so when VR came along, this is just another exercise for us to try to, to learn and be on the cutting edge of evangelism. And I think what you said about, you know, witnessing in Africa is the same thing when you put on your headset, you're talking to people around the world. And it's just exciting to, to the opportunities you get to meet people. Uh, what I like about it is when you use an avatar, and that's what people, a lot of people don't like, is they feel like they're talking to somebody who's fake. The th- that is one way to look at it. But when someone has an avatar and you have an avatar, all of a sudden you have this uh, uh, non-transparency, you're anonymous, and all of a sudden it's a lot easier to ask questions. You know, when you do a survey, you don't say, you know, what do you think of this? You say, what do you think most people think of this? And people give their opinion, you know, what they really, they think. And when you're where, when you're in an avatar, you're getting people given, they're asking questions that they might not, one, ask somebody directly, or two, it's amazing how many people in this world that really don't even know another Christian, a, a devout Christian, a somebody who knows scripture. Yeah. And so if you don't even know somebody to talk to, and then you all of a sudden you're talking to somebody in VR who's a Christian or at a church, you can ask questions you might have always wanted to ask, but you didn't know who to ask or you maybe were scared to ask. And so in this world, you're getting questions you might not get face-to-face. And, and I want to brag on on you for a second, because we've gotten to know each other over the last couple of the years, and I think we're family, like cousins twice removed, but basically we're going to be in heaven together, so it doesn't matter. And and one of the things that, that Tim is shy to talk about, I mean, he said house church model. I mean, when he started this, he was the guy in the room that everybody pointed at and said, why would they put in a, a tape and watch it? You know, like, why would they join you on Facebook? Why would they do this way. And what you've created is a nationwide network of churches um, that that work together to have a local and global and national impact, missionally, relationally, disciple making. And a lot of it is conversation first, meeting people. And so when when you say, hey, I want to have, you know, Crosswaves Church at my house, we can get some people together and do that. It's a conversation first gathering of people. And so VR seems to be a natural fit for what you all would do. But but being on that bleeding edge sometimes comes with a few punches. And I hadn't intended on asking that question. But, you know, Tim, what is it what has it been like on those technologies that nobody else is doing, but you're out there doing it? How 
how do you process that? Well, it's always better when you have somebody you can copy and learn from. And so a lot of times we're just, you know, you make it up as you go. Uh, one of the things that I find fascinating, since you mentioned uh, the Crosswaves house church model, is we always, you know, as a pastor, you always think you're important. And what, what I have found out is my, my house group uh, is, not, is, is not as good as the other people's house group because I'm in the room. And so a lot of times when you have a pastor in the room, um, people, when they, when they answer, first of all, sometimes they, they, they're afraid their question is too stupid. Sometimes they're, they're not responding uh, with what they think, but what they think you think is the right answer. And so in VR, when you when you 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 feel like with these avatars, you have people who are just being real. You know, they're talking, they're asking questions. They don't feel like uh, they have to, um, you know, have a certain demeanor or you know a certain church etiquette that they have to follow. And it's just a it's a different way of conversing, but it's getting to be more real. And I I like that, you know even if you're in a, uh, a a virtual church room it's still different than than being in a real church yeah. and those conversations just seem to seem to me to come more freely now i will say you have to be careful because because of those freely conversations people are more you know uh people are meaner uh when they're behind an avatar it's it's like on social media people are meaner than they would be to your face. That's a good example. So I like that because you get the real person's viewpoint, but you just need to be aware of that. Yeah, that that is a, a that social norms thing, right? Like normally you don't walk up to somebody and be like, you're dumb. You're But in, in an avatar world, you do just walk up and say it like what Mike's example was. Somebody just comes up and was just like, yeah, I don't like Jesus. And you're like, oh, okay, here we go. Like, I mean, people are a little bit more blunt, but that bluntness is actually more transparent. So when we're talking about avatars being the thing we hide behind, it actually is creating a more transparent experience. And Justin, you know, you you talked a little bit about this, but tell us a little bit about moving conversations from that street uh, conversation into a spiritual life change. Yeah, so I'm no expert on this. I just do the best. I just do my best, like all of us, right? Um, it, it really comes down to finding someone with similar common out common interests it can be someone you find in around the campfire which is another uh kind of location in the metaverse that a lot of people know it could be finding someone that you're just playing a game with you could be doing a shooter game with someone and spark up a conversation and the, you know it's really just finding people where they are right i wouldn't meet people uh at, for example at the library because i don't go to the library i'm not going to go to the library to do discipleship i'm going to go to where i feel comfortable the coffee shop the game store something like that so you find people that you already have common interests with and then you know you you just do, I, every everyone's different so i use fire right family interests religious experiences so you know i say talk about where you are you know what what are your interests you know tell me a little bit more about hey you want to come play this game with me you know uh what what do you do uh in the physical world you know, kind of, you know, how, how long are you here? You know, you meet some fascinating people. I met a, I met a young man that's in England and uh, he's a new believer, but he doesn't feel comfortable going to any of the English churches because they're super large cathedrals, very traditional. He doesn't know when to sit, stand, what to speak, who this guy is up front. And he's like, I just don't feel comfortable going to, I, I love Jesus. I think he's got a plan for my life. I just don't want to go to these places and just blend into another background. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it's a little weird at first, but it's just like going to the coffee shop or in my case, going to the game store, the comic store and just striking up a conversation. Did you read this latest uh, arc of Iron Man? You know, what did you think about it? It reminds me of my relationship with my father because Iron yeah. Man's got daddy issues all day. And so, you know, it, it just, <laughs> and then from there you flow and you create a relationship. And that's the beautiful thing. You know, I, th- I think it was, I think it was Mike that said, this is, there's never been a better opportunity to do ministry because we, you know, for better or for worse, but I think for better, we have instantaneous 24 seven contact. And it used to be, you meet someone in the library, you may never see them again. Now it's, what's your, what's your WhatsApp? What's your, what's your avatar? What's your username? Can I friend you on Facebook? 
once you friend them on Facebook, you don't need their phone number. I mean, how many people do I talk to just on Facebook Messenger? And I haven't seen them in years, but I talk to them every week on Facebook Messenger. And so, you know, you just strike up a conversation and you keep the ball rolling with that to where, again, decentralized, not relying on the physical world. I don't have to wait till Wednesdays at six to meet with my buddy or Friday Night Magic at the comic shop to meet with him. I can chat with him on Facebook Messenger, text message, Discord, WhatsApp. And anytime that he's having a question, he's having a struggle, he can say, hey man, I got a question about this. Or, you know, what does your God say about this? Or, you know, hey, I'm in a, I'm in a huge fight with my wife. Can I come over right now? Like, you know, I mean, yeah. there is so much opportunity there. Uh, and, you know, I just look at it as, you know, you can, there are some differences, but what brings everything together in relationships is the realness of it. There is a real person behind that avatar. We, we say in churches, we don't want butts and seats, but hey, butts and seats are stories. Every person, every, sorry, rear end in that seat is a story, is a creation, yeah. is, is, is a child of God and, and, and needs the hope and salvation of the gospel. And so everyone behind these avatars, no matter how fake or how real they think they're being, is a real person that God created, yeah. co-created and loves and, you know, this is another avenue to just speak with these people. So I think for the relationships, it's just, it's not that much difference. The only difference is, is that we actually have more opportunities to continue following up because you meet someone in the metaverse, you just point your little receiver at them, request friends, and boom, you're, you're connected now. It's not yeah. like as awkward as, hey, let me take a selfie and let me text it to you. So now I have your number, you know, that little slide thing. Yeah. And it's interesting. You were talking about like um, knowing social cues in church. And so I had one friend tell me once, like there should be a bouncy ball on the words because the yeah. only time she's ever seen sing along, right. is with a bouncy ball. And I'm like, I never thought of that before. And when you were telling your example, I thought about, so I've grown up like a good Baptist my whole life and we can't, we don't have the post-production budget to go uh, bleep out your word from earlier. But um, we, I went to a Methodist church for a while. Okay. Confessing a little bit. And we went to go do communion and there was a cup. And so I just thought you drank from the cup. Well, it turns out you don't drink from the cup in the Methodist, right? Because that's, that's just normal juice. You're supposed to dunk. And I'm like, I didn't know we were supposed to dunk. And then I feel horribly embarrassed. Everybody's looking at me like, we got to go get a different cup. This guy drank out of it. And so all that to say, I make a better Baptist than a Methodist. And that those type of traditions really can be off-putting when you don't know what you're doing. And so this kind of space allows them to, to let the guard down a little bit, not feel like there has to be this expectation of, you know, these little uh, uh, mannerisms that we have uh, that we didn't realize. And Carl, I really want to talk to you um, Carl is our resident theological uh, challenger. And so um, it, we, we're always talking about ways that we can bring it back to the, the, the scripture, right? Like, where's our foundation and all of this and those kind of things. So um, Carl, I just, you know, there are some theological challenges that I think VR does present the church. Um, and so just, let's just kind of talk about those. So the first one uh, is kind of like, what is real? So how do you define real, Carl? Yeah, you know, BJ, I was just thinking about this and, and, you know, in the world of virtual reality, uh, I'm one of the, I'm not an early adopter, even something as simple as uh, FaceTime. Just recently, uh, six, three months after COVID hit, I was one of those persons that found themselves hospitalized. And as you know, everything was shut down in June of 2020, and they wouldn't even let my wife come inside the hospital with me. And I was there about three or four days. And during that time, we were able to do FaceTime. And I know people say that's not real when you do things online, it's not real people. And, and I totally get that. But I didn't know any of those people in the hospital, but I knew my wife, but I could not physically uh, hold her hand or she couldn't be with me and, and smile. And so, you know, we recognize that relationships is the, the, the end goal of discipleship, or should I say that's, that's the main principle. It, discipleship is done through relationships. And so as we consider that, a lot of people see the virtual aspect of relationships as just not real. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm coming to terms with that in terms of uh, it is real because it enhances relationships. That's not how you began relationships. Uh, but it certainly can enhance it and make them uh, move to the next level or the next step. And so, and, and in many ways, if you meet somebody online, that relationship can develop into something that you never thought it could have. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it's a debate that's ongoing, but uh, I, I think uh, eventually people will begin to embrace uh, the concept much more than they are now. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, another one that comes up is baptism, right? If, Absolutely. if you believe in baptism by immersion. And so that's, again, a reiteration of the theological conviction. And that means that we have to have a physical baptism. That's what we believe in. We believe in a water baptism. So how do we make that happen? Well, they do it in the moment, right? Like wherever you are, they've accepted Christ, go do it right? So you can find somebody around, or you can make it, but we do believe that there's a theological conviction there, and we're going to stand on that, because that's what we believe the God's Word says. Um, but that distance from that in-person community does create a void, right? And and so that's where we get back to the ecclesia. How do we how do we define what church is? And so that's when you start to hear phrases like, well, if, if we don't meet on Sunday, then yeah. it's not real church, right, Carl? But we learned during the pandemic, <laughs> that that can be pushed a little bit in different directions, right? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And and people will will either gravitate toward that physical gathering or they won't. And so you kind of just have to let it evolve organically. It's kind of like persons that go to the uh, the professional sports events when they could easily sit at home and watch it. Why do they do that? Well, some people do both, and so we just have to recognize their advantages to both ways. And appreciate both ways. There it is. There it is. I like fighting better, but I guess we can appreciate <laughs> different perspectives. Um, but you're right. That that's a great great example. And um, and we can't always make it to that game. And that's why we have a different way of of enjoying you know that kind of thing. I know it's entertainment, but it's still like a, an example that we can wrap our minds around. So I'm going to give our four panelists um, you know another another moment here, and I'll uh, I'll have Cole go first. Um, and, and we just want to talk about one way to have a relational engagement online to focus on discipleship, right? Because we're here as Georgia Baptist Discipleship, and we want to be relational. We want to have that engagement and focus on discipleship. So, Cole, what's a uh, what's a what, what's a takeaway thought for you on that? Oh, hold on, Cole. You know what? It's only appropriate. That we have somebody who gets their mic dagger. Uh, there it is, gorilla. and it would be the youngest uh, guy on our panel. Yay! All right, Second Corinthians five twenty. Therefore, we are our ambassadors for Christ, as though God were entreating through us. We beg you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Um, and this idea of an ambassador or having an embassy in a foreign land, and that we, you are representing your home country in that foreign land, and what we're trying to do with VR is we are trying to set up an embassy in what is truly a foreign land to us. Um, this VR stuff is new. It's fresh. We don't necessarily know what it looks like, but we do know that um, that God has entrusted us with his message and with his gospel. And so we want to try to be his ambassadors and entreat others um, to be reconciled to God through Christ. Um, and so we're just kind of, that's kind of the mantra for our online ministry at North Star is that we're ambassadors. We're not just representing North Star, but we are representing the King of Heaven and we are his ambassadors at, on this foreign land um, awaiting for his return. So I would just encourage anyone who's, who's looking for new opportunities to, um, like I said, to be an ambassador for Christ in an unknown land. This is an avenue to do, to do just that. Love it, man. Perfectly said. Mike, what, what would be yours? Yeah, um, the, the water's warm. Jump on in. It is time to get in here. And, and Justin and Tim, you nailed it. It's what I love about the relational aspect of online, this virtual reality, is that pretense goes away and you can be who you are and you can ask transparent questions that you wouldn't. Most people go through their theology to go to Google. And I think we've seen with the Ligonier Lifeway study what's happened to theology. And we need people asking real questions that they're wrestling with to pastors, to, to Georgia, to Georgia Baptist pastors. And when we can talk about good theological aspects and more importantly, share the message of Christ, guys, we can change the world one avatar at a time. And behind every avatar is a soul. And that soul is meant to be in relationship with Christ to God. So um, I'll just tell you this again, it's never been a better time Come on in. I know there's some apprehension to it, but let's work together because I'd much rather work with all of us together figuring this out um, than by ourselves. So again, thank you, PJ. No, absolutely, man. And what a, what a great thing. And Tim, I'm going to come to you next. The um, when you were saying every everybody's a real person, it's that stack of uh, trunk or treat cards that somebody filled out, and it's sitting on your desk. And you look at the card, and you go, "That's a real person." We have a space for this in our minds. We just don't transfer it over to this. So, Tim, uh, take away for you for focusing on engagement and discipleship. I, I I think a lot of pastors are concerned about the mass, 
And as Mike said, behind every avatar is a soul. And I would dare say when you meet somebody on the street, you might be looking into their eyes, but they're still wearing a mask. And I think as we are in the uh, the VR world and we're developing these relationships, I think the goal uh, as we try to get them towards Christ is to become more transparent and to be the more real and to eventually come away from that mask. But we start where people are and that's where they are is in VR. And um, we just need to go and talk to them and start those uh, relationships, those conversations, and uh, just see where the Lord takes us. I, I, I think what Mike and Cole have said is that uh, this is an exciting time with evangelism, with the VR world. And I would say that there's a lot of pastors who don't get this, but there's a guy, some nerd in their church <laughs> that they don't know how to talk to. And every Sunday they look at that guy and they go, Man, I have nothing in common with that kid. Well, this could be a conversation where you pull that guy aside and go, you know what? I'm going to put you in charge of VR. Why don't you teach me stuff on VR and uh, see what comes from that? Ah, I love it, Tim, putting people to work. And that's and that is true. And that's always been true. We cannot do it as a second chair leader or as the pastor of our church. We can't do everything. Mm -hmm. But when we set our people free and empower them to share the gospel, you never know what way they're going to do that. And this is a product of that. And when you were talking about transparency, come on, woman at the well, like she, you know, Jesus walks up and she was just like, my life's fine. He's like, it's because, and then he like helps her take the, the avatar off and said, nah, it's kind of, kind of a disaster. But if you drink of this water, you'll never go thirsty. I mean, it is such a great example of how this happens in any realm that we're in. And so Justin, uh, we'll let you, we'll let you give another word there. Tell us, tell us your takeaway. So my, my advice, uh, I run a marketing agency. My advice is always, before you jump in on a new platform, you must consume it. Every, and, and that applies to our discipleship, our mission ministries as well. Every missionary I know that has built an actual lasting presence, gone and built churches and created gatherings that last beyond when they leave has taken the one or two trips where they just built relationships. They just consumed. What is the culture? What is the language? What is the do's and don'ts? And so I think a lot of people are apprehensive, like, oh man, I'm going to jump into this right there and start talking to Jesus. It's okay. I'm going to give you the permission. It's okay to just get in there and consume, figure out what it is to put on a headset, to log in, to create your avatar and just walk around, just walk around, play games, try the different platforms, horizons, alt space, it, any of the other ones that, that are out there, those are the two that I hang out on. And just feel, look at what it's like to, to talk. People, you know, one thing you'll see is people don't call it in real life when you take off the headset because the metaverse to them is real life. Yeah. And so one of the things is you have the metaverse and then you have physical, right? You'll learn that that's a language you don't want to use because if you just start talking about Jesus and then go to church in real life, they're going to say, well, this guy doesn't get me. So it is okay. I give you permission. If you want, if you want to just explore this, Okay, just go consume, go spend a couple of weeks figuring out how to do the controls, where do people meet, what do the gatherings look like, just go like you're checking out a church, right, you don't go check out a church and say, all right, I'm gonna start preaching next week, no, like you go and you see, is this a place where I can plug in, is this a place where I, that will serve my family, that I can serve yeah. other families, go consume, it is okay, and, and, and then we use that as the jumping off point, like, okay, this is, this is definitely for me, and if not, if you can't get it, hey, you got the headset, like Pastor Tim said, who else might, might be able to do this? Who else is equipped to do ministry and discipleship in this way? That's right. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that's exactly what, what I did a couple of weeks ago, Justin, is that I knew about this and I already had an alt space account. And so when we were talking about this at, at a learning community roundtable, Mike and I connected and he told me about that. And that Sunday, I didn't have somewhere to go be physically. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to log in and see what happens and just go and try this out. Right. Um, because uh, we can fail, but we can't be mediocre and we got to be willing to try things. We have to be willing to fail sometimes to be able to see God be glorified and to advance the gospel. And so relationships will always matter regardless of what realm we're in. Relationships will always matter regardless of the realm you're in. And so this is not a foreign concept. This is the same thing first-generation believers were facing and going, I don't know how we're going to do this. 
But if we have relationships, if we are the ecclesia, if we are together, then we can do this. And another thing is that we all have different cultures, but you have to know your people well enough to know how to apply this. It's totally fine if this is not in the DNA of your church. You've, you put this on a shelf and you say, Lord, I know this exists, but I'm not sure I can do it today. And that's fine. But someday somebody's going to walk up and trigger something like Tim was saying, and you go, hey, what if the church bought you a headset? And you started hosting this and started doing some prayer gatherings and did those things. Could you do that with us? The church can resource this in a different way. You don't have to be the answer to the problem. And you just have to know your people well enough to know how to do that. So um, our, all of our guests will be chatting uh, when this is live and you'll be able to get in touch with all of them. We're going to put all of their email addresses in there because the reality is that we are better together and that as we do this together, we will learn from one another. And so the mission board is not an entity that says we're the experts. We're, we're an entity that says we need to serve and advance the gospel. And that's what we're talking about today. We're serving and advancing the gospel. So we'll gladly get you in touch with all of our um, guests that were on today. Thank you to Carl for being on. Uh, Carl was uh, early to adopt into this conversation and has been a uh, fantastic part of our team serving in the West Central, but also challenging us in doing that. I want to say thank you to the Cooper program uh, for making this happen. Without CP, we don't do a broadcast. And more specifically, everybody on the broadcast today is part of that. And so uh, Crosswaves Church and North Star are both part of those networks, one in Georgia, one in Michigan, but really around the country. And, and, and that is what allows us to do these things. So thank you for giving. Thank you for being part of that. And as you go anywhere in any realm, go and make disciples. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. We want to continue the conversation from today's broadcast in a learning community near you. These learning communities are designed to celebrate your biggest wins, resource your greatest need, and help you finish well. We also want to give you a free gift. The five discipleship shifts most churches need to make to produce world-impacting disciple makers. You can download this resource by going to ministryboom.com. This five-page PDF is a discipleship alignment checklist. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board is able to provide resources like this because of gifts from Georgia Baptists to the cooperative program. For more information on this broadcast and a customized discipleship plan for your church, visit gabaptist.org discipleship. Engage with us on your time through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all podcast platforms. Lastly, if you've benefited from this conversation today, please share this with a friend as we seek to help churches make world-impacting disciple makers. Thank you.